We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. James chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. If any of you like wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth the men, all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Man, if you just ask, if you want wisdom, you just ask. What's the catch here? There's got to be a catch. But let him ask in faith, not wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Every wave of the sea ends. Every wave of the sea ends. It comes to a point where it reaches land, and it ends. It's over. You never see that wave ever again. And that's the thing about faith. If you ask out of, not in faith or in unbelief, you're just a wave that's coming to a piece of land, and it's going to end. That's going to be the end of it. Listen, God has already set into motion here the things He wants to do in Tabernacle of Praise. Everything is already in motion. We're not waiting on anything but ourselves. He set things into motion that we can't see. He set things into motion that have become very visible. As we talk to one another, we're seeing more and more and hearing more and more and listening to more and more and finding more and more people in this church that are saying, you know what, I see something. Not I feel it. It used to be I feel it. What you got to be careful of is feelings can trick you sometimes. But man, when you see something, I feel like that person's going to get up and shout amen. That's one thing. But when I see them do it, that's, there's an evidence there, something that happened. And we're going to talk about just a little bit about believing what God said. Amen. Believing what He said. Realizing that we live in a day. We have to understand the day we're living in. Oftentimes, people get into financial problems in their life because they don't understand the day they're living in. I'm, not talk, I'm talking about their personal lives. They don't understand that, hey, man, this is great. I got this credit card. It's got a $10,000 limit. And, man, I, you know, I've really been wanting that ATV, and it's $8,955, and by tax, it'll be just under $10,000. I'm going to go. They're not realizing the day they're living in. They're living on a feeling. They're living on a feeling. Now, it'd be okay for you to buy that. I would suggest you buy it with cash. Because it's going to cost you more than $8,955 by the time they get through with interest. They get the interest. You understand why they're interested in you? Okay. We have to realize the day we're living in. We have to realize the impact that God wants to have on the day we're living in. Generations have gone by. Periods of time have gone by. And the impact that God wanted to have, by and large, happens in places, but doesn't happen in places. But He said in the end time, it's going to happen. And it's going to happen everywhere. And you're either part of the rain, or, or you can put your umbrella up. You can be part of the latter rain, or you can get under the shed. You can be part of that final rain, that double dose of water, or you know what, you can just go inside and take it easy and warm yourself up. Listen, there's no sideliners in this war there's no sideliners. If you think you can sit and sideline, you know what? You have the biggest fool is a person that fools themselves because they don't realize it. You can realize it when someone else fools you. you. Oh, you got me. You got me. But you can get off. But when you fool yourself, you're so fooled you don't even realize you're fooled. And if we fool ourselves into thinking, we can kind of sit on the sideline, and after all, I paid my dues. I've been in the church almost 40 years. I feel like I paid my dues. Uh-uh. No way. No way. There's no, there's not enough, there's not enough I can give back to him that pays any due. And here's the thing. 
There's not one due that I owe Him. I don't owe Jesus any dues. Everything I give Him is because I want. He paid the price and He took. He paid the dues for me. So everything I do. So why would I sit on a side? There's no sideliners. There's nobody that sits. On, there's nobody that sits in the bleachers and watches the game in God's kingdom. In this war, make no mistake, you're in a war. Whether you realize it or not, you're in a war. There are battles going on. Battles in lives. Battles in homes. Battles in cities. Battles in states. Battles in countries. Battles in worlds. Every one of these battles is spiritual. There's not a physical battle going on here that's not spiritual. And we have to get a grip on that. Understand the time we live in. Everything that's being confronted to us is spiritual. It manifests itself. When I sniffle, that's not the flu. And I don't wipe my nose to get rid of the flu. I'm just trying to get rid of a symptom so that nobody sees my nose running. I have to get down inside where the virus is and get rid of that thing. And see, that's the thing. People kind of want to wipe their nose today in church and try to get where nobody sees that they have a sniffle when they're not attacking. They're not in the war. They're not sideliners. We can't be sideliners, church. We can't be people in bleachers. There's no out of bounds. You know, the thing about football is they've got a boundary line. And as long as you're on the field, you're in the field of play. But if you're outside the field, outside the boundary line, you're not in the field of play. You can't participate. I remember years ago, it's still played today. It's still a clip where a, a man got so excited on the sideline because his team was winning. Someone intercepted a ball and was running down the sideline, and it got to the guy on the sideline. As the other opposing team guy was running, he ran off the sideline and tackled the guy and then got up and got back amongst everybody to try to hide on the sideline because he then realized what he had just done against the rules. That's the thing about it is in God's kingdom, in this war, there is no sideline. At any point in time, when you see that, you can go for it. We have to understand the time we're living in. We have to understand that there is no maybe I will, maybe I want. Maybe I will, maybe I want. There's, there's no time. We, we, we're in God's kingdom, that doesn't exist. The time has come for us to understand that what, where we're at as the church. Where we're at. What, what, am, what am I? What are you? What are we going to fulfill in this hour? Have you asked yourself that question? God brought you here in purpose to fulfill His purpose and will in His kingdom, not to be a member of the Tabernacle of Praise. God bless you for being here and supporting us. Thank you for that. But God brought you here because you have a purpose, and there's a will of God in your purpose to happen here in Kennedale. Or, or maybe it's in Fort Worth where you live, or maybe it's in Grand Prairie, or maybe it's in Dallas, or may, wherever it might be. God brought you here for purpose and will. And so the question today is, what are you going to do with it? What am I going to do with it? You know, America only entered World War II after it was brutally attacked at Pearl Harbor. We sat by and watched brutality happen in Europe for years. Only when we were attacked did we say, huh, uh-uh, we're getting in the fight. You see, there's a stubbornness sometimes that comes in people. Until I'm attacked, uh-uh. I'm not, they see that you see the brutality in other lives and you see the things happen in other lives, but until it happens to me, I'm not going to address it. But you know, what's one of the reasons we need to come to church and address one another? We need to talk to one another. You know, no, who likes to hear other people's problems? 
Nobody likes to. That's a problem. That's a problem. I need to know your problems. I need to know what to pray about. I need to know your difficulties. I know where I need to know where I can help strengthen you. You need to know my boy. This is you know being uh, being open in church is just not acceptable. Being us in church, you know, we we can be us, and we'll even tell people things about ourselves at our homes that we won't say here at church. Why is that? The location. The old saying goes, "We got to get real." God's calling us to get real. So, okay, here, here, here God's saying, here it comes. Right, what are you going to do? Because it's coming. You know, you, so for some of us, that light at the other end of the tunnel is the freight train coming at us. For others, that light at the end of the tunnel is what's going to happen in a glorious method and manner and, and uh, will and God's purpose in the kingdom. It all depends on how where you're sitting on the train track, right? And so what we've got to do is understand God's promises are unfailing. His promises are unfailing. If God promised something, it will happen. If we ask God for, and here's the thing, this, I'm kind of in a deal of preparing us for war in the next few weeks. Because let me, let me forewarn you what's coming up next year. There's a war that's going to happen here. There's, there's a, it's a spiritual thing. There's a war that's going to take place in your life and your family. This coming year. Get ready for it. God has spoken this, and, and I'm not one of those God has thus saith the Lord. I don't I don't like that kind of stuff. I don't, but God has spoken into my spirit that we're about to enter a battle, a war, something that we have not ever ever seen in this country. And so what it's going to take is what Jason said earlier, unity. What it's going to take is us being honest with one another. Unity. What it's going to take is not being afraid to tell, you know, <clears throat> sometimes we're afraid to tell other people because it's embarrassing, right? Find somebody that you're not embarrassed in front of. Maybe it's your spouse. Oh, I can't tell my wife that. Yeah, oops. Man, it's about getting real. It's about getting real. Being in one mind and one accord doesn't mean they all thought the same about their nice little Honda. It meant they were willing to reveal to one another. They were willing to, because there was a unity, and they were in one accord. That means that they had the same purpose driven for the same reason, Jesus Christ. What is your purpose for coming to church? What is your purpose for being a Christian? What is my purpose? It's Jesus Christ. If there's any other purpose outside of that, because if it's Jesus Christ, then Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which is lost. There's our purpose. Let me move on. I'm going to end here pretty quick. He's promised to hear our prayers. If any of us lack wisdom, let us ask of God. A lot of times we go, you know, a lot of times we pray amiss because we miss the wisdom part of it. You pray amiss because you miss the wisdom part of it. God, could you just do this for me? And I promise you, God, this is what will happen. God, you know, if I had this, I could, I could really then become the Christian I need to be. God, and, and there's a wisdom in things. I've, I've had a wisdom on me about not to ask certain things of God. If God promised them, well, if God promised them, then I need to ask and I didn't ask. Listen, if any man ask of God, are we, are we all, all to, 
together on the same page on that? If you lack wisdom, ask God. Anybody have a problem with asking God? No, no, none of us. Because why? He gives to all men liberally. God doesn't deal out wisdom and anything else. He's not a pincher. He's not a penny pincher. He's not somebody who holds on. When you ask God, says, whoosh, whoosh, he releases heaven in your life. He said, I'll give it to you liberally. M- most of us don't like the word liberal, do we? It's become such a political thing, uh, conservative and liberal. Let me ask you, are you conservative or liber- liberal politically? Are you conservative? Answer yourself. Now let me ask you the real question. Are you conservative or liberal godly? Are you conservative godly? Are you liberal godly? We need to flip the page on this. Politics is one thing, but when we're in the kingdom, we need to become very liberal with what God has. But let him ask in faith, not wavering. You ever ask God, save my family? And the next week, God, save my family? And the next week, God, save my family? And the next week, God, save my family? You know why you keep repeating that prayer? Because when you're asking God to save your family, you're not really believing it. That's your job. After all, that's my blood. Blood's thicker than water. That's, you know, they're the closest to me. And so it's, it's not a heart, it's, it's an emotion of the matter, not a heart of the matter. Does that make sense? It's an emotion of the matter because I'm going to feel bad if my family's lost. Not they're going to feel bad because they're lost. Let's get real. I'm going to feel bad if my brother's lost. Not that he's going to feel bad. The reason I'm asking God is, I'm really going to feel bad, God, if my brother's lost. When in fact, it ought to be, God, it's going to be bad if my brother's lost. It ought to be all about him and not about how I feel. You see, that, that's why people ask God and they ask amiss, and the belief is not there. The belief is not there. Faith and belief go hand in hand, but they both require something. They require you not to waver. You ever wavered on something? Waffled on something? And I remember one time I was going to buy this car. 1980, brand new in 1980. It was, a, it was a maroon Camaro that had a silver luggage rack on it. It was chromed, actually, and chrome wheels. And, and so I back and forth, wavered and wavered. But you know what? I wavered and wavered, and I finally bought. It took me a while, but I finally bought. I never made a payment on that car. Less than 30 days later, the girl I was dating and I and a friend were on our way out to party and had an accident that could have killed us, really easily killed us. We were going about 50, 55. The lady coming towards us was about 70. She made a in front of us, and boom. All of a sudden, things took a change. And the thing that I've been wavering on and wondering about and all this, it really came to mean nothing because it was all gone. That was the end of that. I never saw that car again. It was over. And a lot of times in our lives, we, we waver with God. We waver and we waver. And what happens is, all of a sudden, just in a short time, that thing's gone. That thing, that's why we don't ask God in things wavering. We believe, God, you know what? I want my brother to be saved. I'm not telling you to save them. I want my brother to be saved. God, however you do it is your business. I'm just asking you to do your business. And I'm believing God. Here's, here's the belief part. God, I'm believing you said you would do your business. 
I'm believing you said you'd do your business. God, I, I, I'm having trouble. There's a sickness in my family that's going through. And God, you said that by your stripes we are healed. Call for the elders of the church and pray. And listen, God, I'm going to do that. But here's, here's the belief part of it. We're going to do it, God. But you said it. You said it, God. So I, I'm believing you what you said. That, that's why I, I, some, some people have told me I've gotten a little crazy about the hip deal. Nuh-uh. You know what I figured out? God, you said it. God, you said it. Well, you know, there's reasons in our life where God does this and doesn't do this, and God doesn't do that. And sometimes it's beyond your understanding. You ever notice that about the preachers are the worst about this? No matter what the situation is in your life, if you come up with an answer of this, why not? They always say, well, that's beyond reasoning. Or God, God's, that's beyond, God's beyond you. And so God doesn't, there's things God doesn't want you to know about your life. And this and this and that. You ever, preachers are the worst. I'm just telling you. Just because they're the worst. And, and I've quit doing that. You know, you know why? Because I made that up. Okay, show, show me Bible. Show me Bible because let's get real about here. Show me Bible. Now, there are things that I, I'm not going to understand. Don't, don't entertain those things that are beyond my reasoning. The Bible does say that. But, but healing is not beyond my reasoning. Healing is not. Do I understand how God does it? No, I don't understand how He does it. But here's He said He would. He said He would, and something was spoken to my life that when there's unity, it's going to happen. You know what, God, you said it. God, you said it. Now, let's get into some belief here, because how many of you really believe God wants to do something through this church for this community? This community being North Texas. Because I'm going to tell you something. It's greater than Kennedale. Oh, you had a dream? You had a dream, Austin? You, you, you believe ever God's ever given you a picture or something and you're like, and you saw it in your mind and you're like, that's not, I've, I've, I've got, got, had one of those. Saw in my mind what, and, and it has to do with this Metroplex, North Texas. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Why is it unbelievable? Because I'm, well, God, I, we know that happened at Pentecost, but, uh, you know, after all, this is 2,000 years later. You know what? God, you said it. You said it, God. And so I'm just going to believe you. I'm not holding you to it. You said, trust me, try me, prove me. God, I'm not holding you to it. I just believe you're God. And if you said it, you can't lie. Man, let's get down. You know, kid, your kids look at you that way until they get old enough to realize some of us are liars. When they're little, mom and daddy can't lie. Whatever they say, there's dinner every night. There's clothes. There's a bed. There's a, mom and daddy can't lie. It's only when we get old enough to realize. But here's the thing about God. If he said it, it's impossible for God to lie. It's impossible. There's no possibility that God could ever lie to you. It doesn't exist in his essence. And if God said these things, well, God didn't say in the Bible that we were going to have revival in Kennedale. Do any of y'all, have any of y'all read that? Because I have. Oh, it doesn't say Kennedale. But I'm part of this last days. I'm part of this last days. I, I understand the times. I understand the times. And I'm part of this last days. And he said this was going to happen. Well, why wouldn't it happen here? Well, this is not Jerusalem. Okay, God, go ahead and do your thing in Jerusalem, but I'm, I'm not in Jerusalem. You said the world. 
And this is the world. Man, there's, there's some faith and some belief that we have to get a hold of here. We have to lose some stubbornness first. Let's, church, let's lose some stubbornness. Praise God, I've been in the way for 40 years. Well, didn't get out of the way. Because God's moving. Get out of the way because God's moving. I didn't tell you to leave. Just get out of the way because what's going to happen is when you see it go by, you're not going to be able to stand it. You're going to be like that guy on the sideline. When they come running by, he couldn't help himself. He just ran off and tackled the dude. And you're going to be like that. You're not going to be able to stand what you're about to see, about what you're about to experience, about what's already going on in the spiritual realm in this area. God goes way before we do. Way before we're prepared, God's already gone ahead of that, and He's already prepared that, and He's already made this way. This thing has already happened in God's. Because God's in eternity. This thing's had already happened. God already knows who, what, when, where, and why. He knows how involved you are. He knows what part of it you have. So you know what? What we can do? Plug in. That's all we got to do. You said it, God. I'm plugging in. I'm plugging in. What are we going to do, church? What are we going to do? Oh, I'm plugged in, Pastor. Well, me too. Do y'all have those plugs at, at home that you plug in, but you have to flip the switch on to make the plug work? A lot of us are plugged in, but the switch is not. Man, when you flip, you know, I was mad one day. You heard they were saying that would make a preacher cuss? Well, I did in my mind. This has been a while back. This is not lately, but it doesn't matter. Confession's good for the soul. This thing wouldn't work, and I plugged it in. It wouldn't work, and I plugged it in. And so I went all over the surgery center, and I checked all of the stuff, and I went and checked all the breakers, and I checked all of the bulbs, and I checked all of them, and I checked the machine. Went, Why wouldn't it come on? Well, because the thing wouldn't flipped on. I spent more than two hours doing something I could have done in two seconds. Simply because the, and a lot of times in Christianity, we spend more time doing stuff. If we'd have just plugged in and flipped on, man, then the whole thing would light up. And that's what God wants to do. Stand with me if you would. God wants to, can I say it this way? God wants to light this church up. God wants to light this church up. God wants this church to be alive. God's an alive God. His church is an alive church. We're an alive people. And there is a belief that's going to go beyond measure in this church. I'm telling you. Some of you are going to plug into this belief thing, and it's going to be astounding. It's going to be astounding. Pastor Don's going to look at you and say, what happened? Wait a minute. That's what the pastor's supposed to do. What do you mean you laid hand? You went to the hospital. You did what? Yeah, I was just, you know, I, I was eating. And, you know, we're not supposed to talk because I got the little six-foot thing. But I heard this person talking. So I just turned around and said, hey, you know, I had the same problem. Uh, Jesus, before I knew it, that whole restaurant. Listen, y'all, you're in the Bible Belt. Can I, can I give you a little clue? You're in the Bible Belt. If you'll, if you'll plug in and flip it on and just get, get the fire rolling, it's like that night I left here, that Wednesday night. I'll never forget. I left here that Wednesday night. A week before, I had burned this big pile of brush at my house in this little gully that I had. And I had thrown a cross tie in there. Now, if you know anything about a cross tie, it's injected with a tar that, that makes it last for a hundred years. And so I had burned that pile and the pile was done. The cross tie was there and had actually cut some green leaves and limbs and stuff and thrown them on top of it. And every so often, Janet would say, you know, there's a smoke down there. 
No, that fire's been out three days. And the, the, the Wednesday, you know that thing's smoking down? No, no, it's, it's been out. I, I, that we burned that last week. And so when I got that Wednesday night, when I pulled in, I was coming, I was about 100 yards. You know how it is, Darren, that little hill coming right, right as I made that little hill? I said, why in the world is some idiot burning a brush pile at night uh, here around? And then I looked and it was on my property. And the thing was roaring. And I still had my church clothes on. But I, I, I stopped the truck, idiot, instead of driving up to the house. I ran up to the house, from, which is like 100 yards, got a buckets of water. Now, this thing is a fire roaring about as big as this area here. And I got two five-gallon buckets of water, and I'm running out there. And I'm raking, and I'm trying, you know, I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to prison, and it's going to catch the whole place on fire. That's what it's going to feel like. God, God said, that's what it's going to feel like. You're going to drive up there, and there's going to be such a fire that you're going to be trying to run around trying to do this. Listen, just understand something. God's saying this. God's starting a fire. If God starts it, He controls it. Don't worry about wildfire. You know what the happiest moment in my life was that night? <laughs> when I, yeah. Yeah, because several times I'm thinking, man, I need to dial 911, but I know what's going to happen if I do. When you get it in control, God's got, God's got it in control. God's got it. Pastor's not afraid of any wildfire. Matter of fact, can I just say this to you? I'd rather there be wildfire than no fire. I'd rather there be wildfire than no fire. At least wildfire, you can kind of get some control of it. With no fire. God said it. If you believe God said it, whatever it is in your pew chair up here in front wherever you want to be I want you to just speak to God at this time and say God you said it I'm not wavering I'm not wavering this, that's over we're, we're not wavering as a church anymore God said it man there's if, if, if y'all saw the picture that I saw in my spirit some of you would probably leave. It's, it's so overwhelming with the masses of people. Can I tell all of y'all something as you're coming? When we baptize people here, we baptize them in the, the, the Bible. The Bible says to baptize people in the name of Jesus Christ. I realize that some of us came from a background that we baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Uh, from whatever reason you came from that background, so did I. And then the revelation that in the book of Acts, everybody was baptized in Jesus' name. And then I tried to figure out why. Well, what is the name of the Father? What is the name of the Son? What is the name of the Holy Ghost? Listen, we baptize in Jesus' name. You might want to go home and practice at your bathtub. You might want to go home and practice in your pool. Because these people that are coming, are going Austin, the 200, that's your group. You better get, you're going to be tired. 200 is your group. Not, not ours. That's your group. You, get, you might ought to practice. I'm baptizing you in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. Be, be, listen, we got, we got to believe God. We, we got to believe God. He said it. He, he, he died so that we could have this today. Not just us. All those around us. And He is purposing in this place around us that I'm going to perform my will. Church, what are we going to do? Lord Jesus, we stand in this altar today. We stand in our chairs. We're in, we stand in the sound room. We're in the back. We're at, at, we're at 
the piano, we're, we're in every part, Lord. We're at the pulpit. Today, we're standing today because God, you said if any man lacked wisdom, let him ask of God. God, we're asking today, not just for your wisdom. God, we're asking for your will and purpose in this place. Your will and purpose in this place. We understand, God, you're an astounding God. You're an unbelievable God. And so, God, what we're going to do is believe for what you've said. The things that we're going to see with our own eyes, Lord. With our own eyes, God. It would be unbelievable to the natural man. But in our spirit, we're going to be rejoicing. We're going to be rejoicing in this place. God, make us strong. We realize people are coming. They want to be baptized. We're going to have to pray with them. God, we're going to have to teach them. We're going to have to show them the ways of God. We're going to have to disciple them. God, help us to believe. Help us to believe. To see those. God, I learned a long time ago. If, if I want to see somebody in my family saved, I just need to go find the lost. Because you'll take care of that if I take care of your business. God, I learned that a long time ago. I saw things happen in my life, Lord, that you did at the end of my family's life, at the end of my mom and dad's life, in the conversations we had that I thought I would never have, Lord, that I thought it would never exist. But God, you said, go here, and I'll do that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. So help us to believe, God. Help us to believe that you love us, you care for us, you're on our side, and you, more than anything, have purposed in us something great in this last day. God, when you come, I, I, I want to be just doing your work. Jesus, when you show up, when you show up and you call us, God, could we as a church just be in revival? Could we, Lord? That's, I'm asking you today. You said, I'm asking you today. Let it be liberal. Let it be liberal. Let revival be liberal. First, let revival be liberal, liberal in my family, in my home. Revive me, God. Revive is bringing something back that lost its life and is called back into life. Revive me today, Lord. Revive my family. Bring us back into life, living for you. Re revive our homes. Revive our church. Revive us, God. We, we read about what happened at Pentecost, Lord. It's astounding to us. But it's a drop in the bucket to what you're doing. To what, what we foresee, there's a drop in the bucket. God, this is exciting. Help me in my unbelief. When you came to that man that had that son, that had that problem, that the disciples couldn't take care of, Lord, you rebuked them for their unbelief. And then you asked that man a particular question. Do you believe that I'm able to perform it? Do you believe, God, I believe today you're able to perform it. And you said, whatever you ask in my name, believing shall be given to you. Thank you for asking us, what are we going to do? God, look at the made up minds here. God, look at the made up minds here. God, I'm asking you right now, look at the people, your people. L look at them. They're made up. Their mind's made up. Push us forward. We're no longer sideliners. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Church.
God never calls without it being something astounding. The simple watching a person who was dead in their sins come to life in God is astounding. Unbelievable. Be a, be a part of that. Be a part of that. Let, let word become your, your food. We all got to eat. Y'all see, I, I need to push away a little bit. But I don't need to push away from the book. When I push away from the table, I need to pull up to this table. And let's let word become a, a, a true part of our life that when we speak to people, it's just word. Y'all understand what I'm saying without going through all the... Church, I can't wait. This is... Christmas is almost here. I was about to say this is like Christmas. Christmas is almost here. I can't wait. I've got this inside of me like Christmas when you were six years old. You remember when you first got it? You realize, oh man, mom and daddy are putting some presents under here and I'm going to get to unwrap them. What's in there? God's about to unwrap something for us here. Man, what's in there? Oh, I can't, I'm getting excited. I'm going to get giddy here. God bless you this morning. A little different. Could we do something? that we ought to do every time and maybe we'll start doing God has given to us let's leave here before we go let's give something back to him let's give something let's give him a worship let's give something back to him this morning would you lead us in let's give something back to him For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather, and you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.